Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Hi, this is Legally Sound Smart Business. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. And welcome to our business podcast where we cover business in the news and answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, submits to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. Yeah, our loyal listeners, they heard a slightly different intro. This is our alternative intro. As you said, this is instead of welcome, but that's all right. I thought I usually say this is. It's, do I say welcome first? or I don't remember. We'll have to re-record. Great. I think it's still fine. It doesn't have to be the same every time. <laughs> well, big news in the Northwest, huh? Yeah. So we talked about this at the beginning of the year. I didn't really want to talk about it again, a repeat, but this is just too big of a story to pass up. So for those of you that don't know, Seattle just approved the, what's going to be the highest minimum wage in the country. Eventually, you're going to crawl up to $15 an hour, one five. I think the state minimum wage is the highest right now at $9.32. So this is a pretty significant increase. And also San Francisco had the highest minimum wage and that was $10.74 an hour. So this is just a huge jump up from what it's been. And this is going to take, I mean, obviously we can look at the numbers and see if you have minimum wage employees, you're going to be paying them X amount of dollars more. It gets into non-exempt employee issues as well. But this is just a huge, I think this is going to have a rippling effect. Obviously, like I said, not just for Seattle, but for other cities in the country as a whole. Yeah, it's definitely huge news. I think that $15 mark, even though that's going to be years from now, is still just so apparent that that's going to be a big deal for businesses of all. Even though I read an article on Forbes, I thought it was great. And they basically say, it's not difficult to outline the effect of the new $15 an hour minimum wage. And they claim that Basically, if the minimum wage is of a certain percentage away from the median average income, then it has little to no effect. But once it goes beyond a certain percentage, then that's when you get some significant unemployment effects. And I think it's somewhere around, we get around 45 to 50% of the median wage. That's when you really start to uh, see those effects. So that's from a kind of financial economic point of view. I'm sure there's going to be people that disagree with that, but it's definitely interesting to note. Yeah, and I think it's going to stick too. I know there's obviously going to be, and there already are groups that are, and I think franchise owners are the ones that are kind of leading it, but yeah. planning to, to sue and stop this. But I mean, this still is a significant jump. It's just, I mean, <laughs> and it is gradual. It's not like it's going to go up to $15 tomorrow. It is slowly going to climb, but you know I'm in San Diego, and there's been talks about it being jumping up in San Diego as well. I think there's kind of a push to get it up to roughly thirteen dollars an yeah. hour slowly throughout time. Um, but I can see other cities doing this as well, especially some of those bigger cities where the cost of living is is kind of high. Yeah, we already have San Francisco's classically already at ten seventy four, and of course Seattle's fifteen dollars will surpass that, but. I wouldn't be surprised that San Francisco later on in the year starts to also increase that. And it does make an interesting note that when you have local ordinances that are minimum wage, it supersedes the state, right? And the state ordinance supersedes the federal minimum wage, even though there's some states that actually don't even have any minimum wage and just fall back on the national standard. And the one thing that Seattle did well was make it an even $15 an hour. The, the proposed one in San Diego is supposed to eventually get up to $13.09. <laughs> so, I mean, I hate numbers that aren't rounded. I mean, I'm fine with it not being 13 
flat, but like at least make it thirteen ten. Like every it should always end in a zero, right? Thirteen dollars and nine cents. That just seems. Yeah, I would protest just solely based on that. <laughs> well, I tend to agree with that, and you know, it's just a matter of somehow to justify the actual minimum wage hike. They did some kind of calculation, maybe based upon inflation or what have you. But you're right. Like I understand how you came up with the number, but there is something called rounding. It's okay. <laughs> the worst thing is if you go to a convenience store or a restaurant and they have a weird number, something's priced with a weird number. You're like, oh, it must be for tax purposes. And then you go up and pay and with tax and it's still $7 and uh, four cents. Yeah. It's like, what? I mean, <laughs> I don't understand this at all, but uh, that's just my little thing. And I, I guess I wouldn't knock down my price just to get an even number for tax purposes, but yeah. there's things you can do. Yeah. I like everything rounded to the next hundred dollars too. So like <laughs> if bag of chips, I'd rather just pay a hundred dollars just because that's all I have in my pocket. Just easier, you know? I don't want to change. I don't want to hold anything else. Make it nice and simple. That's a good thing. You can give good tips that way as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they get to keep the money, I guess. (laughs) All right. Well, question of the day. And this is probably our longest one we've ever had. So let me... All right. Let me prepare for this. Take a deep breath. All right. I hope I I can get this in one take. All right. In late November 2013, I bought some things for a local business and was given a check for the exact amount a few days later. I'd forgotten about the check for two months, and when I went to the bank to cash the check, it bounced due to a closed account. I called the business owner, and they said someone had stolen their checkbook a while back, and they had to close the account. And not to worry, as they would write another. It's been four months now of me texting them each week asking about the check. She was supposed to leave at the business, and they always just come up with some excuse. And I guess there's no actual question. <laughs> I guess they, they're probably asking, uh, what can I do about this? This comes from someone in Pennsylvania. There's actually no question. So this is the longest statement we've ever had submitted. <laughs> no question. They're just, they're just complaining about this person. It'll be like, yeah, that sucks. Okay, let's go on. Hmm. What should they do? Pennsylvania. So in my opinion, the first thing is always to try to, if there's an issue, talk it out. And I don't know if texting them is really maybe the way to go because they still owe you the money, whatever it is there. We don't know what the amount is. They still owe you the money. So maybe just open up a more, I I don't know if we can even answer this from a legal perspective. I mean, I guess legally they they still owe the money, right? It's maybe we can help them out from another angle. Yeah. Well, I was thinking I'd like to know how much it was for. Right. If it's, it's hard to put in exact ranges here, but let's just say it's a relatively small amount. Then I would say, both from a legal perspective and a practical perspective, you have two choices. Either one, you just forget about it, or two is you just file a small claims action, assuming you've gone through the process of asking it back in writing and so forth, and they haven't denied you. I mean, it's been months now. Most likely, any of your requests aren't going to do anything. But I assume because they're not wanting to pay it, maybe it's a little bit bigger. If it's a small amount that they're just not, they're just too lazy to write you a check or what have you, then that's a different story than if they don't want to pay it because they can't afford it or what have you. So if it's a large amount of money, then you need to hire an attorney, have them send a demand letter, see how far that goes, and then evaluate whether or not you want to go on to the next step of litigation, which again, you just it's just a cost-benefit analysis. And without knowing how much that is, it's hard to tell where to go from there. Yeah. And last week we talked about how we don't like demand letters and, and hey, how attorneys send them, but that might, <laughs> that might be the way you need to go here just because I'm taking from how it's written, you know, 
if someone's just texting me and telling them I owe them money, I wouldn't take that as serious as if I got a demand letter from the person written by an attorney. That's That'll probably change things. I think that would be enough to get them to pay. And if not, then yeah, you can take them to small claims court if it's small enough. Yeah. I would assume it's we're talking about a small amount of money because if you hadn't cashed the check for two months, then <laughs> it must not have been that important. My advice <laughs> is to get mobile banking where you can just take a picture of the check and it deposits into the account. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, they do have limits in those things, but because perhaps maybe it was so big of a check that they couldn't do that. But then, why would they not just drive to the bank and do it? Unless they live in the middle of Pennsylvania, the middle of nowhere, that could be a possibility. Pennsylvania is a pretty long state, dead state. Maybe, uh, maybe they were in a location where it was hard to get to a bank. I don't know. It's probably not an excuse. We're giving like all the excuses as possible to this person. You know what the real advice is, is first, you got to deposit your checks right away. I mean, every business that's in business needs to be able to do that. You have to be able to go through that banking process and you should have a process in place. Second, every business needs to have a collection procedure, okay? How often they contact the person for money that's owed and what the next step and how you elevate it. And everyone should be aware of what these other big companies do. And those are all designed very specifically to influence the person to pay their debt as soon as possible. And a demand letter may be a part of that, but you need to make sure you go through that process before you start spending money on an attorney to do so. Yeah, we were all over with this question. We first were nice and just told them <laughs> to do something simple. Now we're now you're criticizing their operations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're an idiot. You need to just quit business. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing here. Don't it's, ask uh, me another question or send me another statement without a question. <laughs> This has been the weirdest one. All over the board, this longest question wasn't even a question. So yeah, <laughs> I think that might be it for this one. Let's end it on that confusing note. Thank you for joining us for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Yep. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.